0: From Bumble Australia and Shameless Media, this is Love Etc.
1: You ever had a friendship turn not just sour but toxic? Or a friend gradually becomes something of an enemy, someone you dread seeing but feel indebted to simultaneously? Welcome to Love Etc. where your hosts Michelle Andrews and Zara McDonald. Hello, you're
0: listening to Love Etc., a podcast by Bumble Australia, the social networking app where women make the first move. Today, we're talking about toxic friends. How do you spot one? And once you know they're toxic, how the hell do you, well, break up with them? If high school didn't force you to prune the friendship weeds from your life, your 20s are bound to. So in honor of all of our shared friendship trauma, we thought it was time to bring back our favorite support line.
1: You've called the Love Etc Toxic Friend support line. Tell us your trauma. Hi, ladies. I had a toxic friend and I was in denial for about eight years. I followed her right through high school and ignored the fact that all of my other friends were leaving me behind and didn't want to associate with her. It wasn't until we traveled to South America together that I realized just how toxic she was. I was having a really hard time with my mental health and she continually berated me for not wanting to go out partying and drinking, even though I would voluntarily stay behind so they could have a good time. I tried my best to accommodate everything she needed, but it was never enough. She always put me down and loved to talk about other people behind their back. She honestly got off on it. Thankfully, I left that relationship behind, but I got a lovely barrage of abuse uh, on Facebook Messenger before I finally took the plunge and unfriended her.
0: I was living with a friend and decided I wanted to uh, live with a new group of people, I uh, told them and they came back the next day, uh, insulted my partner, my lifestyle, my life choices and then said that it was unfair to ask them to move with six weeks notice and that it was only fair I paid rent for the following three months otherwise they were going to cut me out of their lives.
1: I had this best friend, we were very
0: extremely close. We spent Christmases together, we talked pretty much every day for a really large number of years. We had holidays booked in the future, and one day I went to a Drake concert in 2017, and I captioned my Instagram one of his lyrics. It just so happened to be her favorite lyric, and it was written in her Instagram bio. But it really wasn't on my mind at the time. A couple of months later, she saw it and told me that I was copying her. I was trying to be her. She called me while I was at work and shouted at me, told me that I needed to delete her off my social media and that we were never going to speak again. And I was pathetic after she had the phone I really did never speak to her again.
1: So when I was 16 I got together with my first boyfriend and my best friend at the time did not like this at all so whenever I used to hang out with my boyfriend she would constantly call me and text me and berate me for hanging out with him instead of her. But in the end, the straw that broke the camel's back was she messaged my boyfriend behind my back and told him that if things didn't work out between us, that she would be available and ready and waiting for him My God, Sarah, I don't know about you, but some of those stories are semi-triggering for me. Like it really does take you back to your own experiences of toxic friendships. And I think we all have experiences in that realm.
0: I know. And the thing that I'm finding really interesting, the more we're doing our deep dive into toxic friends and all the reading that I'm doing, is there definitely is a scale of toxicity and some things are quite extreme, like we heard on that support line, but also the part of toxic friendships that I find really interesting are the toxic friendships that aren't maybe as obvious, Mm. where you can't really put your finger on what's wrong but something feels off and I read this piece in Medium Mish when I was trying to uncover like what is it about a toxic friend that makes a toxic friend and Zuli Rain wrote this line for Medium that did really speak to me she wrote toxic friends don't have a vested interest in making you feel welcome or secure so you're a little bit off kilter with them Ooh. and for me I feel like as a starting point I was like That's kind of bang on. I feel like to start that line is bang on, the concept of things being off kilter.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. There was also a really good checklist in BuzzFeed. I mean, I was kind of annoyed at BuzzFeed because it did this interview with these two incredible psychologists and then butchered all of their very eloquent (laughs) quotes into like those dot points and those listicles that I've grown to hate. I mean, super easy for you to spot though, like the easiest thing (laughs) to read. Great for a podcast to read it out. I'm going to read out the dot points that Andrea Bonoir and Suzanne Deggers-White gave to BuzzFeed a couple of years ago. They said the telltale signs of a toxic, friend are you feel drained after hanging out with them you don't like how you act when you're around them you need to psych yourself up to hang out with them the balance is off either they don't reciprocate your effort or vice versa they make you feel bad about yourself pressure or guilt trip you or you fight a lot And the last one, you don't like or respect them as a person anymore. And I actually think that last dot point really jumped out to me because I have had a couple of toxic friends in my time, but I think one friendship went particularly toxic in my early 20s. And the sign that I needed to get out of it and stop being that person's friend was I don't think either of us particularly liked the other anymore. It's really funny
0: because I think when I'm thinking about romantic love and romantic relationships, I know or I feel like from afar, there have been relationships that I've seen in the past where people have been in love with the person but not actually liked who they are. Mm. And I think it's kind of similar in toxic friendships in that you kind of have that sort of overwhelming maybe friendship love that's based on history or stories or whatever it might be but as you say you may not genuinely like them as a person I mean I feel like every person who I've ever spoken to who's been in a toxic friendship and I would say that's most of us especially like I said the more subtle ones which are harder to define I feel like the human equivalent of like dancing around someone on a sidewalk yeah. like you're not on the same page you are dancing around them a lot because you're probably very often walking on eggshells and the power dynamic is almost always off. And I think the main thing you can say is that something doesn't feel right and that in itself makes the whole relationship wrong. But I think often because we're not trained to know what it is that's not right, You don't do much about it.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think how watery friendships can be and that we don't define them as rigidly as we tend to romantic relationships mean that we probably don't think and analyze them as much. And it's not until things have gotten really bad or things are really wrong that you start to go hang on, what happened here? Whereas a relationship, a romantic relationship, I think you notice the different like forks in the road as the relationship progresses. With friendship, I wonder if this is the case for you. I feel like one of the telltale signs of a toxic friend is that they are never happy for your success. So say you get a rental apartment that you applied for, or you get a promotion at work, or you get a great new boyfriend or new girlfriend that you are head over heels smitten with. Their gut reaction will be to kind of take a chip at you or to find some weakness in this new person in your life or new exciting thing that you've got going on. And I think normally it's probably because they're not doing too well in their life and their response is to try and pull you down instead of raise you up. Do you agree with that? I think it's a telltale sign of a toxic
0: friend for sure. I don't think all toxic friends have that trait, but I think all friends like that are a toxic friend, Mm. if that makes sense. And the hardest thing about doing a segment like this is people might be going through the checklist being like, well, they do that, but they don't do that. And not every toxic friend will look the same. I feel like we don't often have conversations about what a bad friendship looks like. I think we talk all the time about what a toxic romantic relationship looks like, what good love looks like, but not what good friend look like, but I don't find the conversations that different. I think because there's a lack of dialogue generally around friendship. I don't think we give friendship the airtime that it probably deserves in any sense we accept things in friendships that we probably wouldn't accept in any
1: other relationship. Mm, I agree with that. And I also think toxic friends is different. I mean, I think some people might be listening to this going, oh, well, everyone has friendship breakups. I think toxic friends are different. I think toxic friends are almost like that best friend where it suddenly goes bad. Some friendships just fizzle out. You end up spending less time together. It's like a very slow, gradual process of pulling away from each other. But toxic friends, it almost burns brightly until something detonates or explodes and you find yourselves kind of reeling from the fallout toxic friends are those people who are too close to you and you realize that your proximity to them is actually detrimental to your well-being and your happiness i mean it reminds me of that age-old quote from jim ron that says you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with that is how often we weed out the toxic people in our lives because we realize they're the bad egg in the bunch It's so funny that you kind of
0: said that a toxic friend, you're right, is not the one that tends to fizzle. It's the one that burns bright because it it does remind me. And again, I'll probably make a billion sort of references to romantic love here, but I think there are incredible parallels between good romantic relationships and good friendships. And it reminds me of that like age old thing you're told when you're dating that if there's a really fast rise, often there's a really fast intense fall. Mm. And I think if we're going to generalize about a toxic friend that's often part of it, fast rise, fast fall. On the theme though of good friendships looking like good romantic love, I do feel like good friendships should be very easy, relatively easy. Mm. I think drama for me in particular is a huge red flag at this age. Like you just feel too fucking old for drama. And the question I've asked myself of friends who have sort of found themselves in these kind of toxic friendships is does drama follow them? Like is drama always around whenever you're hanging around with them? Because I think if there is something is up. The other thing I often reference is guilt. I think that guilt is a really pervasive feeling in toxic friendships. I think because often a toxic friend is needy, or demands a lot from you, you almost always feel responsible for them. Like you almost owe them something that you don't owe your other friends. And you can't pinpoint why. Why do you owe these friends so much and not the other friends in your life?
1: Yeah, I think that guilt ties into maybe a friend acting like they're entitled to you, that they're entitled to your time and your space and your energy. And if you're not giving that to them, then you're depriving them of something that they've earned and that they are owed. And I've certainly felt like that. And it's quite an off-putting feeling as well, because it puts you in the situation where you're like, I feel indebted to this person. I feel like I have to be with them all the time. And yet when I'm with them, I'm either miserable or I'm playing a role. Like I've definitely found that in myself before that I'll be with this person who I don't really want to be friends with anymore. And I feel like I'm not even myself. Like if my sisters or my boyfriend or my mum saw the way I was acting around these people, they wouldn't even recognize me.
0: Yeah. That's so funny. I think that's so bang on because it's almost like you revert to the role that you played in the early stages of that relationship. And if you've grown out of that, relationship and they don't like that you've grown out of that relationship, you kind of default back to what is the easiest role to play. When I was doing a lot of reading about toxic friendships, one thing that seemed to come up a lot was this idea that you're always set up for failure. And I do think this is like, all of these things are so intrinsically linked. And I think often you're always set up to failure because you're doing that dance always. And it's almost like a lose-lose situation. Like there's no way you're ever going to win Because the power dynamic that has been set up ensures that you won't. Mm.
1: And I think these are so symptomatic of your 20s as well. I think the reason we wanted to do this episode and we had so many people call the hotline again as well is because we go through all this change and all this growth in our 20s. And often that huge cataclysmic growth means that we lean towards some friendship groups and we actually lean out of others. And it shows us just how different we've become from the friends we maybe had in high school or had in university or had in our first job. To the person that we are now, it might only be a couple of years, but the person that you are might have completely changed. And that's not a bad thing, but it's a tricky thing. And it means that you often end up in an uncomfortable situation where you go, how the hell do I break up with this person who isn't a romantic partner and how the hell do I end this friendship? Yeah, and I think in the second part of this episode we're going to delve into that a
0: little bit more because it's a question that a lot of people ask and not many people answer and I'd love to know if we (laughs) even have the answer. But it is because it lacks those boundaries and friendships often lack those definitions. It can be incredibly hard to know where to take it. I am really interested in this idea of like, are you your best self or worst self around them? Because I think you could use that as a yardstick or a measuring stick for almost any relationship in your life. Like, do they bring out your best parts or your worst parts? And I remember reading this quote. It kind of floated around on social media for a while, a couple of years ago. And I think it's from Eleanor Roosevelt, though. I think it's not like properly attributed. (laughs) I think it's one of those quotes where it's like, This may be from her, but no one actually knows. (laughs) Anyway, you'll know the quote, Mish. It is, great minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events, small minds discuss people. And I remember I used to read that quote when I was younger, And I kind of didn't like it that much because I probably spent a good portion of my life talking about people and events and I thought it was a bit of a wank. Like I thought it was a bit snobby and a bit elitist to say that big minds always discuss ideas. But the older I get, the more I see small elements of validity in what that quote is saying. And while part of me still finds it a bit snobby and a bit elitist, I think when you consider this quote in the context of friendships, it's really important. What do you talk to your friends about? Do you talk to them just about people? Do you talk to them just about events? Or do you talk to them just about ideas? I will always be someone, I think, (laughs) because I love – gossip
1: from time I always <laughs> I am so t- to time. I'm so glad you said that because I was nervous yeah. you're gonna be like I just want to talk about ideas I'm like but I like talking, talking people. about people. <laughs> I want to be realistic about this I will always want to
0: talk about people and I will always want to talk about events whether it be events in the past or in the future or funny stories that have sort of laid the groundwork for the relationship you have but I also think it's like do you discuss ideas too? I think little bits of all three is like the key to a really fulfilling friendship in my life, in my personal life. And I think it's a really good yardstick for other people to be like, what do you actually talk to this person about? Because my guess is the older you get, if you're just talking about mutual friends that you know, how fulfilled do you feel? And is this part of the reason that you feel like this relationship is getting toxic now? Because it's not really based on anything you have in common. coming up after the break so you've spotted a toxic friend how the hell do you break up with them now but first it's time for a bumble break
1: Mish, have you ever wondered why we only ever hear the term boys will be boys? Oh, I actually heard that term used on Geordie Shore the other day. But it's true, (laughs) Zara. Women, as they grow up, are taught to behave, to be a good girl, to be quiet and polite. And the freedom of boys will be boys is rarely ever given to girls and women. That's why Bumble decided it was time to picture what girls being girls actually looks like.
0: Bumble's newest video campaign reimagines what girls being girls looks like and it's all about showing that women can do anything they want including making the first move.
1: You can watch the video campaign on Bumble's Instagram at Bumble underscore Australia or on their YouTube channel. We'll pop the link as well in our show notes.
0: Download Bumble today and make the first move. One app, three modes,
1: one mission. All right, Zara. So we've just defined what a toxic friend is. We've given the listeners some checklists, some tools to kind of identify a toxic friend in their own lives. But where do you actually go from there? Because this is something where I feel like I haven't dealt with it in the best way possible in my own life, particularly when I was younger. And it's something that I even have a problem with now. I feel like there are people in my life who sometimes I think is this friendship right? Is it serving either of us? Is this healthy? Is it toxic, in fact? And yet I have no idea where to go from there. What do you think? Do you think we owe each other a formal friendship breakup when we do have a toxic friend?
0: It's kind of like one of those things that's like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Because part of me thinks when you say that, do we owe each other a friendship breakup, that maybe it's a bit jarring and a bit intense to break up with your friends formally as you would a partner, a boyfriend or girlfriend because we're just not used to it and therefore is that a more traumatizing sort of more extreme experience but then I'm like, what we're doing now clearly isn't working because no one's breaking up with each other. So we're sort of just like solid ghosting each other out of each other's lives and nothing will change unless, you know, maybe a friendship breakup is normalized. See, chicken and egg.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and I, was, I found myself feeling so uncomfortable. I mean, I touched on that BuzzFeed article before with those great psychologists, Andrea Bonoir and Suzanne Deggers-White. And I read it being like, yes, yes, yes. And then I got to this point where it's like, now what do you do? Like now that you've identified them, what do you do? And both psychologists' advice was that you should probably break up with them, as in you should probably take them to breakfast or to lunch or to dinner and explain in very clear terms that you don't want to hang out anymore. And as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, my God, I can't imagine doing that. And I wonder if it's a cop out. I wonder if it's just my anxiety speaking that I don't want to put myself in an uncomfortable situation. Therefore, I'm going to pretend that there's no way I could do it. But I wonder if breaking up with a friend is actually more traumatizing for you, particularly if the friend is toxic and has already made you feel really small and really shit about yourself. But I also wonder if it's not good for anyone. Like if I I'm sure I've been a toxic friend at different points in life. I think it's important that we all accept that we will both have toxic friends and maybe be the toxic friend at different points in time. I would find it more traumatic for a friend to take me out to breakfast and tell me why they don't want to hang out with me anymore than just to be ghosted. Is that a cop out or do you agree?
0: No, I agree, (laughs) (laughs) which is so ironic considering two weeks ago we did a whole episode on ghosting and how it's like the worst thing you can do to someone. But I do think there's something more socially acceptable about ghosting a toxic friend than there is ghosting a romantic partner because there aren't those social norms where you are expected to have a clear line of communication with your friend, which is, when you think about it, fucking ridiculous that we don't encourage those lines of conversation and those lines of communication with your friends to say, you know what, this isn't serving me anymore. Mm. And yet we're having this conversation and you're saying, is this my anxiety speaking or do I not want to do this? And I'm like, no, it's not your anxiety speaking. I would put a solid bet on the table right now, Mish, That most people listening to this would not want to break up with a friend in the way that all psychologists suggest. And I don't know what to do with that information. I just, I just don't know what I would do. I think it's because, sorry, here I got. You can see I'm like going around in circles. I think it's because breakups generally are traumatic. Mm. I think anyone who's ever been through a breakup will say that was a pretty traumatic experience. I don't want to do it again. And, you know, life says that you should only go through a handful of breakups, hopefully, if you're lucky. Who wants to bring more breakups into the mix?
1: Oh, you're so right. But also in defense of the people who have toxic friends who have just ghosted said toxic friends, I also want to say this because I'm thinking back to my own experience, right, and I truly believe that if I went to breakfast with a toxic friend that I ghosted and decided I didn't want to be friends anymore. If I actually went to breakfast with her and told her all the reasons I didn't want to be friends, I truly feel like she, in the state of mind that she was in at the time and the way her mental health was at the time, would have spun that story to mutual friends to make me seem weird, to make me seem super hyper intense and make me feel crazy and I think that's why I would never want to do it like you don't want to give that power and that story which is already quite charged to break up with a friend over a meal to someone who's already manipulating you
0: yeah that's a really good point I mean it's already clearly somebody you don't trust right Mm. but then just to play devil's advocate here what is the difference between breaking up with a friend who's manipulating you in a relationship that's not working in a relationship that's not serving you than breaking up with a boyfriend or girlfriend who is manipulating you in a relationship that's not healthy in a relationship that's not serving you like that is the risk you take when you break up with someone but I guess it literally just comes back to social norms but yes she could probably be like Michelle did this crazy thing which was break up with me as a friend and we're just not used to hearing
1: that and therefore it's deemed wrong I also wonder if like the timeline and the milestones in a friendship make it very different to a romantic relationship like you owe it to a romantic partner to cut things off formally and be really clear with your communication because otherwise that person might be thinking of if you're talking in a very traditional sense engagement marriage children and they're investing their life into you whereas friends can be on the periphery like someone's life isn't going to completely change if a friend breaks up with them we have multiple friends romantic partners unless you're polyamorous, that is the person and you owe it to the person to tell them you're going to be sleeping with other people.
0: But this is the thing, right? It's because we put all that focus on having one person and have all this focus on that person being your all and being your life and put so much focus on the fact that your friends do exist in the periphery. But what if that is not the truth for a lot of people? Like, what if the friends are at the focus and then toxic friendships are therefore at the focus? I mean, there was this really interesting quote in the website that is now formerly Man Repeller, the now defunct Man Repeller, from a psychologist called Dr. Orna Gurulnick about the fact that the way we structure our relationships in society has a lot to answer for. And she says, there's a socio-political economic pressure to prioritise the basic family unit, marriage, kids, and that social structure over other structures. The way our society is built, there's more and more pressure on the individual and on the family unit to be the provider, the economic source of safety instead of the larger scale social network supporting the individual. I think this goes back to what you were saying in that, We literally don't put as much focus on the friendship, which is quite sad because I think for a lot of people they would argue that their friends are the main source of their sanity Mm. and are some of the most important relationships that we have and yet we have this almost insane fixation on romantic love and how it's meant to sort of save and salvage us all that we forget that friendships, be it healthy or unhealthy friendships, can have a huge impact on who we are. Mm.
1: And credit to the people who do go through friendship breakups. I think it takes a very big person, a very courageous person, to put themselves in that situation particularly when you're talking about a toxic friend one such person Zara was Mariah Smith she wrote a story about this for the New York Times and she does wine and dine friends before she breaks up with them this was a quote oh from gosh. her article the last like horror movie she calls them the last supper and she says she does them all the time the title of this article was I quit friendships regularly This was her quote. The last supper, for me, represents the final time I'll see a soon-to-be former friend. Unbeknown to them, this coffee, dinner, night out, or even random run-in indicates the last time I intend to see that certain someone. Shedding friends is not a goal of mine, but as I have realized the true worth of unconditionally loving and mutually respectful friendships, my tolerance for discomfort or unhappiness in a friendship dwindles exponentially. I mean, huge respect. God,
0: that seems like quite a power move in the best possible way.
1: The Last Supper, calling it the Last Supper. It is just so brutal. And imagine like knowing that you're going to the Last Supper with that information and the person sitting across the table from you has no idea. It's just brutal. I mean, imagine all those people reading this article <laughs> now as well. It's
0: pretty good. <laughs> there was a really good article in Time where they interviewed a psychotherapist called Marnie furman Mish, and- Marnie said something that we touched on earlier, which is the expectations are different in a romantic relationship. People declare themselves a couple or the relationship is very defined. We're dating, we're engaged, we're married. Conversely, that is not the same in friendships because it is harder to define expectations in platonic relationships. Friends are more likely to be on two different pages, which in turn can contribute to a separation. And I wondered if this sort of ill-defined makeup of friendships makes it so hard for us to know when it's actually appropriate to distance yourself. Mm. Like, what are the reasonable steps to separate from a friend when that relationship is not really as publicly defined? And there's another really great point from that piece with Marnie Furman, which also touched on the idea that there are no terms around a friendship breakup. Like, when you break up with an ex, you usually set boundaries, whether explicit boundaries or implicit boundaries. Like, you don't speak for a certain time. You make a conscious effort not to be in the same room. But what happens when you break up with a friend? Do you say, okay, cool, now we're not speaking for six months? Or if we happen to be at the same dinner party with mutual friends, one of us doesn't go? Like there aren't those societal norms that kind of envelop a friendship breakup like they
1: do a romantic breakup. Absolutely. I was just thinking about it as well while you were talking. I feel one of the ways that people – break up with friends in 2020 and maybe in the modern era is just to not invite them to their wedding. Like, I feel like that is one of the few ways in your 20s or in your 30s, if you want to get married, that is, to break up with a friend is just to formally not invite them. And then it's a clear line in the sand. Like, it's a clear, these are my people. This is the 100 people that I want to be around me. And you don't make the cut. And therefore, we're not friends anymore. I know so many people whose friendships have formally ended over wedding invites this year alone. And I feel like I might do that one day.
0: (laughs) Well, it's pretty funny because it goes back to our original point, which is like toxic friendships are like when you kind of dance around each other. Mm. And for so long, people were probably doing the dance until the invite doesn't come. And they're like, okay, well, now we properly know <laughs> that we're done. I mean, you're not wrong. You have to assume that people want to take the traditional path, which is marriage and wedding. But I think it could be said for any major life event, like a 40th mm. or a 30th or a 50th or whatever it might be. If you're not on that list of people that I want to have a party with and pay per head, thanks very much, then... <laughs> This is like my very public declaration that I don't want to be in the same room with you or I don't rank you in the top 100 people (laughs) that I know. I
1: feel like we're talking about like MySpace top friends right now. I want to ask you a question. I know we're getting to the end of the episode, but I wonder what you think. Is it possible to mend a broken friendship, a toxic friendship? Is it possible to have a friend that's toxic to break up with them or go years without speaking and then rekindle down the track?
0: I mean, I think it's it's important to clarify here as well. We're not talking again about the friendships that fizzle out because I have so many friendships that have just sort of fizzled where, I I don't know, I was talking about this at drinks the other night with a couple of friends and we were speaking about some other friends that we don't see anymore. We're like, fuck, I wish I could just pick up the phone and like get dinner with them. Mm -hmm. And maybe we will in the next year. Like maybe it won't be weird to do that. I don't think we're talking about those friendships because I think friendships that aren't toxic can almost always just be picked up on, even if it's just for a dinner every two years. Toxic friendships... I mean, I've never repaired one, so I'm not speaking from personal experience. I'd be surprised. Mm. I'd be very surprised if people could do it, but I'm not going to say never say never. Mm. What about
1: you? I think it's, I think so often toxic friendships are symptomatic of a person struggling internally and not knowing how to process that internal struggle. So maybe they're struggling with the circumstances they're finding themselves in. And I think that's particularly the case in your 20s when maybe their life hasn't turned out as planned and they're watching the people around them thrive. And instead of being happy for those people, it comes out as negativity. It comes out as really toxic behavior. Maybe mental illness is going on and that person isn't processing their mental illness in the right way and is being a really Bad person to the people around them. I think it's only possible to salvage a toxic friendship if the toxic friend does the work internally and like makes a huge effort to go back and I guess apologize and make good and repair the bond that was broken. But I think unfortunately with friendships, that's not really. Common at all. I don't think people put the energy or put the effort into their friendships that they might in romantic relationships. And I think that's why it's far more common we see romantic partners break up and get back together because they want to work on themselves. I think when friendships end, we tend to just point the finger and go, well, that was that person's fault. We weren't supposed to be friends. I'm never going to try again. When realistically, maybe we should put more effort in. Maybe we should try again if those friendships were good for a time because people change and hopefully they change for the Better. And God knows I've probably been a toxic friend throughout my life. And I would hope that once I become a better person, maybe I'd be a better friend too.
0: Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it's just all about doing the work. you got to do the <laughs> work. It is, you are right, though. Very few people end a friendship and say, ah, I should probably do some work on working out why that failed. Mm. But I reckon that's all we have
1: time for, Mish. I think it is, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We will be off next Friday because it is Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. But we will be back the week after, Zara.
0: That is right. Love Etc. is a production from Shameless Media. To support the show, click subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify sign up to Bumble Australia, the social networking app where women make the first move towards friendship, professional and romantic relationships. We will see you guys on New Year's Day.